Hi, it's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. Today, we have episode 49, and it features Marla Mattinson, who is a relationship and intimacy expert. Now, you may remember Marla from episode three. She shared her story with us and her work in the world. Essentially, she works with entrepreneurial couples to help them transform their relationship and their business. James and I actually worked with her a few years ago for nine months, and it was a complete game changer in every way. And since then, Marla's actually become a close friend of mine. And you'll hear on this episode, we go really deep. Our goal is to support you in increasing your capacity to receive. That means receive more money, receive more success, more opportunity, achieve more in the world in terms of impact. And I actually gave Marla free reign with me on this episode. It wasn't planned, I promise. But I actually asked her to share with me how she felt I was holding myself back. So she's going to reveal all of that information on this episode. And believe me, I was surprised at what she said. So you probably will be too. And the cool thing is, is not only did she share some information about where she sees me holding myself back, she told me how to move past that, how to move through it, how to heal it. And I know you're really going to resonate with everything we cover in this episode. Like I said, our goal is to support you in increasing your capacity to receive. So take my example and apply it to your life and business. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. This is Marla Mattinson, and it's episode 49. Hey, everyone, it's Emily Williams here. And today is a very special episode. I have the incredible Marla Mattinson here with me. As you already heard, Marla is someone who's really, really special to me and James as well. So I'm always grateful to have time with her. So welcome, Marla. Thank you so much for having me. I love having any conversation with you and James, it's always a deep dive. So I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. And I love your work because I feel like it's quite eclectic and people obviously get to see the work that you do with relationships and helping entrepreneurial couples. But for me, it's so much more than that. And so today I'm really excited to have time to discuss one of the topics I know you're passionate about, which is helping people increase their capacity to receive. So first and foremost, can you tell us what that actually means? (laughs) I know it's funny. We, when we, think about receiving most people and you should just ask yourself right now as you're listening what does it mean to me to increase my capacity to receive what comes to your mind right what comes into your thoughts into an image in your mind when you think about receiving most people think about something like pleasure or receiving gifts or receiving money or receiving positive things Most people don't actually understand what it means to receive. As soon as you say to the universe, I'm ready to receive more in my life, get ready for more of everything, not just more of the good stuff, not just more of what you want. It's more of everything that's inside of you, consciously and subconsciously. So when we say, I want to increase my capacity to receive, that means I'm available to receive all of what the universe has to offer. And then I'm going to intentionally pivot from the things that don't bring me joy and not make a big deal out of it. And I'm going to pivot toward the things that bring me more joy. So it's a different kind of lens that we're looking through, first of all, even talking about increasing our capacity to receive. How's that landing? I love that. Yeah. And so for everyone listening, can you give some tangible examples? So say somebody wants to increase their capacity to receive money, what would that look like? Right. So here's, here's where it gets a little dicey. And it's kind of fun and juicy too is as soon as you say, and and I'm pretty sure most of the audience listening is in this category, right? We're all entrepreneurs. We want to become an entrepreneur. We're people who really care about something that we're sending out to the world. And we want to receive financially in exchange for our services or our products out in the world. So if I want to increase my capacity to receive financially, then what I need to do is something different than I've already been doing right? Which means I need to see different opportunities that are out there that I haven't seen before. 
And that means that I need to be exposed to different people, different events, different programs, um, you know, different podcasts, new information that's going to take me to a new path rather than doing the same old thing with the same people that have been in your life. So if you want a new result, you have to do something new. And if you want a new opportunity that's going to bring you more money, then sometimes it shows up in the form of something that you don't recognize as an opportunity. You see it as something that is more of a challenge or something that's more chaotic or filled with drama than actually the pathway through. And that's on purpose because if it was easy to do, everybody would do it. It's not easy. And this is the thing that a lot of people miss. It's not easy to increase your capacity to receive because it's really uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable in your mind. It's uncomfortable uncomfortable in your body. It's uncomfortable in your emotions. And so getting comfortable with all that discomfort is what's going to allow you to see. And let's give a tangible example. So let's say you go to an event and you are looking around the room and you know those three people over there. So you're going to go over and you're going to say hello and talk to those three people. What about all the rest of the people at the event? What if someone at the event that looks to you like someone who's, let's say, arrogant, someone who's, you know, fancy and loud and someone who is, you know, kind of taking up space in the room. And let's say you have a judgment about that person. Most people will just sort of stay away from that person rather than seeing this as an opportunity. What is my judgment? What is going on inside of me that I'm having an opinion that's negative about that person? How about I lean into that edge instead of leaning away from it? And now, even if that person is not someone who's going to give you a new opportunity, you're training yourself through your daily experiences to lean into the discomfort and the judgments and the opinions that you have that are probably not even true. So you go over and you talk to that loud person. You talk to that person who's claiming space in the room and you find out, oh, this person is a coach. This person is someone who helps people increase their income. This person is someone who provides a lot of value. They're a little aggressive, but there's something intriguing about this person. And you ask yourself, do I want to work with this person? Or maybe that just opened your mind to Maybe there's someone else out there for me who can help me with this. And so by leaning into the edge of discomfort and judgment, instead, we make a choice to say yes to that and move forward towards it and then get curious about it. And then you see, ah, there's a new opportunity. And oftentimes it happens in, oh, well, it's going to cost X amount to work with this person. And you weren't looking for that. You want to receive more money. You don't want to give more money, right? (laughs) So instead, the opportunity to learn how to earn more money, and this came from, you know, with me, with my previous mentor, is it costs money to learn how to do this. That's the fast track. The fast track is you pay someone else who's already broken through this issue and you learn how to do it directly from them. And that's one of the greatest ways to increase your capacity to receive is to pay someone else the value that they say is that the outcome of their work is worth. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're not working with a charlatan or anybody. You know, you want to work with someone who has a previous track record, someone who you can watch and see what they've been doing. And, you know, some of the people that they've worked with, you get a sense and, you know, okay, even though it's scary, I'm still going to lean into this. Yeah. So you're saying the example of of the event, people can actually practice leaning into the discomfort. And when you do that, and you start to see the results that come from taking those steps, are you saying that it makes it easier to more continuously lean into discomfort? Yes, because you're training yourself, you're training your physiological body response that instead of when the chemicals start to flow that make you nervous, that make you feel unsettled, that make you feel like contracting and running away, when those chemicals start to flow in your brain and out into your body, instead of listening to your five senses, which are going to tell you run away and, and go get away from this, you choose consciously to say, biology I know you're just trying to keep me small and safe and I'm going to take action anyway in the direction of my vision, 
in the direction of where I want to go, in the direction of increasing my capacity to receive. And the first thing you need to be willing to receive is discomfort. It's the first thing you need to be willing to receive. Let me just tell you this. What would happen, and I want the audience to really think about this right now. What would happen if suddenly you had 100,000 new people on your list who wanted to work with you right now? Your first thing would be, oh my God, I'm uncomfortable. I don't have the systems in place. I can't take on all these people. I can't even respond to all these people. What would happen? If suddenly you got this onslaught of people who found a video of yours, it went viral, and then all these people wanted to come work with you, it would be so uncomfortable and you'd be excited, right? Excitement and fear are the same pathway in the brain. The only thing that's different is the meaning we make out of it. So if you can get excited about all those people who want to work with you, if you can get excited about this discomfort that's happening in your physical body, now you can start to train yourself. Oh, discomfort means growth. Discomfort means opportunity. Discomfort means I get the chance to be curious about what's next rather than afraid of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I love that example because we talked about this at I Heart My Life as well with our clients. And they say that they want all of these things. But then when we play the whole tape through and look at what would actually happen, should they get the 100,000 people coming their way or even become fully booked or land the book deal, so much fear comes up and they, number one, realize, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not ready. And number two, they don't know what to do with the emotion of the fear. And it makes them question whether they actually want what it is that they're saying they're want, they want. So what would you say to someone who's in that place where they want to have the big business, they want to have the fame, they want to make the money, and yet they aren't yet set up to receive it? Do you feel that you can quickly get yourself set up to receive it? Like, what is the process there to be able to receive? Okay, you know, I love this question. <laughs> We're gonna have a slumber party, Emily. This is so yeah. good. Okay. So first of all, the first thing I want everybody to know, and I practice this myself, is it's not your fault. It's your biology. Okay. So every single human on earth has the same physiological mechanisms to keep us small and safe and secure. And that is our fight, flight, or freeze response. So we have our physical mechanisms that send messages of stress and be careful and be aware and watch out inside of our bodies. Every human has this mechanism. It's so old and archaic and we still use it to make our decisions for our daily life. Okay. That's the first piece. The second piece is we also use our five senses. So we have our fight, flight, or freeze response, and we have our five senses. Our five senses as humans are limited. Let's think about it. The visible spectrum of light of what's possible to see. The human spectrum of light of what we can see as humans is a tiny fraction of the entire spectrum of what's possible to see. Same with hearing. The sounds that a human can hear is a tiny fraction of what actual sound is available. Temperature. We are, we are so fragile. Our human bodies we will die if we, if it's too cold or if it's too hot. Sometimes we feel like we're going to die, right? If it's too cold, it's freezing, right? Living in Los Angeles, it's so cold, right? All my New York friends are like, oh my God, get over that. (laughs) But right. I mean, if you think about it, the physical touch that we can experience in terms of temperature is a tiny fraction of the temperature that's available. Think about the sun. Think about deep space. We are tiny, tiny fractions of our senses of what's possible and what's actually out there. So as humans, what are we doing? We are responding and reacting all the time to our five senses, which are also lying to us because we're only getting a partial truth all the time. We're seeing a partial truth. We're feeling and sensing a partial truth. And then we have our systems that are saying, watch out, be careful. So what happens? We have 
our vision of what we want to have happen in life, not our seeing vision, but our vision of like, I want to be this person to impact these people on earth, right? So I care a lot about relationships, right? And couples and wealth building. And I care a lot about that. And so part of my vision is sharing all this information out in the world, right? And, and this is important to me. This part of my vision. And then what happens? An opportunity arises and it makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. You know, the first time I went on television, you know, my palms are sweating. My armpits are sweating. I get dry mouth. I, you know, I forget what I'm saying. All these things are happening at the same time as my vision is actually happening in front of me. I wanted to be on television. I wanted to be able to be an expert in my field being featured. And here it is happening. And my body is telling me, run away, sabotage, don't show up. You have nothing to say. Who are you to even do this? But all the thoughts of sabotage, all the emotions of sabotage, all the physical sensations of sabotage are going directly against my desire to increase my capacity to receive. So what are we supposed to do about this? We're okay, question. Right? We're supposed <laughs> to listen to our vision more than our biology. Our biology is there and it's been there for our entire lives to keep us small and safe. So all we want to do is not make that wrong. We just want to say to ourselves with so much love and compassion, you put your hand on your heart and maybe one hand on your belly and you say to yourself, to your inner child, and you say, it's okay. I know it feels scary. It feels terrifying. I know you feel like you want to run away. Let's keep going. We've got this. I've got this. We have a vision. We've got a dream. Let's move forward. Even though it feels awful. And there's so many phenomenal techniques about how to do that out there. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your clients and listeners are people who are really trained in this. There's the tapping method, right? EFT, emotional freedom technique. There's, uh, you know, meditation, of course. There's all kinds of things that you can do. You can look at your Akashic records. You can go all in the woo space and, and come out and emerge with a sense of enthusiasm and joy and curiosity for your vision. Then you just have to remind yourself of it when you feel scared. And being scared is part of the path. You can't avoid it. It will, it's completely unavoidable. You are going to have to pass through it and get to the other side of it. And my mentor calls that the terror barrier. And if you, turn back when the terror barrier strikes, right? When it's like you get a sore throat and a headache on the day you're supposed to show up and do a podcast. You, um, you know, you have a client who wants to work with you and you forget to send them the questionnaire in advance of the call, right? You, uh, you're on the East Coast and you accidentally set up a call that's for West Coast time. Like all the things come up to sabotage our vision. And instead, when those things arise, you say to yourself, oh, okay, all right, this is just my internal mechanism to keep myself small. I'm not going to spend hardly any time on this. I'm going to pivot and move towards my vision. Beautiful. And what about the people who say have moved forward at this point and they're in the vision, they're living the vision, and now they're looking to up level? Is it the same process? It is the same process and you get better and better at it as long as you're training yourself to feel what's actually happening in your body without trying to shove it down and pretend like it's not there. You want to acknowledge it first before you pivot. This is a huge point and a lot of people miss it. And that's called spiritual bypassing. When you pretend like everything is fine and it's not, you have to acknowledge it first. And that's a choice. So you say to yourself, oh, okay, so I've broken through the first terror barrier. There's another one coming because why we are growth-based beings and we're here to evolve and change and grow and learn. So the next learning is right around the corner and how we choose to learn can be through chaos, challenge, and drama, or you can choose, and this is a conscious choice, to learn through joy and desire to change and curiosity and enthusiasm and even pleasure. So when those sensations start arising that are really uncomfortable, instead of hating on them, you say, ah, this is growth. This is change. I'm going to lean into it and keep going. 
So let's say a, a tangible example. So let's say you've broken through and you are now charging, let's just say $5,000 for a three-month package to work together. Okay. For let's just say if you're a coach and you're saying, okay, I now charge $5,000 for three months and I already have five clients. It's going great. And you get an internal hit. It's time to raise my rates. And you go, ah, oh, darn it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. It's so easy to sell it at 5k now, right? What do I, what's the number that comes into my awareness? And you say, and you hear the number $15,000 for three months of work together. And you say to yourself, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. I can't say that number out loud. I don't know what to do. All of the thoughts of fear, of scarcity, of lack, of who's going to pay for this, of where are the clients, where am I going to find the people who are going to do this? All of those thoughts are part of the biological mechanism to keep you small and safe. The whisper of the thought, 15K, 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 okay? That's what's leading you towards your vision. Your vision does not hit you over the head like a hammer. That's the fear. Fear does that. The vision is something that excites you, that turns you on, that makes you nervous and excited at the same time, that sends you into, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? It sends you into the how hole, okay? <laughs> and then you have to say to yourself, the how doesn't matter. And this is why going to events like your and James event, the I Heart My Life Live, going to David Nagel's events, going to all the kind of events that are going to up-level your capacity to receive are urgent to go to. This is why it's so important to go to events where people are intentionally wanting to grow and learn and change and break through their old habit patterns of staying small and leap into who they really are and the greatness and to claim it for themselves. It's already there if you can see it. So if you have vision, I'm, I want to charge $15,000 for three months of work, work together, then that's what you're supposed to be doing. And then the idea is, who do I need to be on the inside to claim the confidence to be able to say that? Who do I need to be? And so that's what you start shifting. And then looking up for the opportunities instead of continually going to the same people and saying, hey, do you want to work together? You go and you look around, who are the new people that I haven't even met yet? And start building relationships with people. And then you ask yourself, can I offer value to this person? Is what I offer something that this person is looking for? And this is what's so beautiful is that we match up beautifully with the people who need the work. And then the question is always three questions in a sales conversation. Is this person a yes for the work? Meaning whether they work with you or not for three months, do they want to do the kind of work that you offer? So whether it's you or somebody else. The second yes is, are they a yes for doing the work with you? And the third yes is always, are they a yes for the financial investment? Because somebody can be a full yes for doing the work, a full yes for doing the work with you. They really love you and they can be a no for the financial investment. That's great. That just means they're not a full yes right now. That means they're a no. That means you just offer them value now and then you plant the seed with them. Let's check in in a few months and let's see where you're at. And maybe you'll be ready for the investment then, or maybe in a year or two years or five years. It doesn't matter. You plant seeds every day with people that you are offering value that they could really benefit from. And if you don't see how you could offer value to someone, don't offer to work with them. Don't offer your program because that's just for the money. And if you're doing it for the money, then you're missing the entire point of growth and change and learning as a human being on earth. It's not about the money. The money is the byproduct of being all of who you are and being the fully confident human that you're capable of being. And this backs, you know, circles right back to how do we increase our capacity to receive? One piece that and I know you know this about me, that I love doing is practicing in very small, benign ways that will increase your capacity with love. So can we talk about relationship? I'd love that. Yeah. Okay, great. So 
if you have a partner, a love partner, or if you have a very dear friend who you really love and trust and they love and trust you, this is a great activity to do. And it's super vulnerable and it's very confronting and it's something that could launch you into your next quantum leap. Okay. So if you, if that sounds good, then <laughs> give it a try. Okay. And you may have already done this and I'm going to invite everyone listening to do it again. Okay. So here's what it is. You want to ask this person, what do you feel is in the way of me claiming my greatness? What do you feel that I'm doing or that I'm being in the world or not doing or not being? What do you know about me and my dreams and my vision and what I'm capable of and where I'm getting in my own way? I would love to know your opinion. And this is so important that you only do this with someone whom you love and trust and who is for you. If you ask someone who's trying to cut you down in any way, even if it's a family member, if it's a family member who's not supportive of you in some way, don't ask them. If it's a friend who is in competition with you and you, you know, you get some excitement from that competition, that's not the person to ask. This is someone that loves you so deeply and wants to see you in your greatness. Those are the only people to ask this question to. And you may want to say, I'm happy to give you time to write about this or to make me a little video or to talk about it just you know, on the fly. Whatever is easiest for you to share this information with me, that's how I would love to do it. So like for me, I don't want to write it all out. That's, that sounds like horrible to me. <laughs> I want to just have a conversation with someone. So if somebody asked me that question, I would immediately have an answer because that's just how my chemistry works. Some people would rather take a little time. I want to think about it. I really want to be mindful about my response. And then they want to have a conversation or then they want to write about it and then send it to you. So whatever is easier for the person that you're asking, that's how you want uh, to receive it. What amazing practice. Yeah, I remember James and I doing this together when we started working with you a few years ago. We haven't done it for a while, though. So I think we'll we'll definitely do it again, because that's definitely a sp safe space for me. And I definitely will ask you, Marla, because um, I really trust you. And I appreciate your perspective. And like you're saying here, it's it has to be done with people who uh, are for you and who are champions of you and want to actually see you grow. And I know that you already mentioned some of the, the events that you recommend people go to. And that's one of the main, um, reasons in my opinion to go to events. It's because people are for you. People want to see you grow. I'm not saying everyone in the audience, but there is a supportive community and like-minded community there right at your fingertips. Yes. And I, I think that going to events like yours and, and some other events are so urgent. They're so valuable because whoever is leading the event is setting the tone. And I know you and James, and I know that you set a very high quality, positive tone so that even if there is a little cattiness here and there in the audience, it will get completely drowned out by all of the positivity. And because I know this event that's coming up in January, I know I'm speaking and I know the other speakers and everyone is in that flow of positivity and not at the expense of recognizing when things are shit, right? Because when they are, you want to acknowledge it. Oh, this does not feel good. I don't want to experience this anymore. Let's say, for example, you know, it was funny when I first started working with David Nagel, there was one month early on, I think it was the third month that I was late on a payment. I couldn't make the payment. And I said to myself, I will never have this happen ever again, ever. I will never, ever have this happen and be late on a payment and because it felt so awful. It felt so awful. And so if something happens like that for you, the audience listening, if, if something happens that you don't like in your life, you, you don't just pretend it's not there and shove it down. 
you look at it square in the face and you say, how did I create this? How did I co-create this with the universe so that this would happen? What wants to be seen here? Because I think what happens is so many communities just sort of jump over the negativity to go back into positivity. And I think it's a big mistake. It's a missed opportunity to actually go and take a look in objectively, objectively, not emotionally. So if you're emotional about it, then pause and wait until you can get objective. Then you look at it objectively. Okay, well, I I didn't make my payment. So what does that mean? That means that I didn't make enough sales. So let me back it up in the, in the month. What was I doing all month? Could I have reached out to more people? Could I have done more Facebook lives or Instagram lives? Or what was I avoiding doing or being, or did I not go to this event because I rather, I wanted to rest instead? Or what happened? Just objectively look at what happened that that created the experience where I was late on a payment. And then what can I do differently next time? Yeah, I think that's so key is to actually be the observer. And then I know some people, they get to the point where they're like, well, I don't actually know. And that's where you're saying it can be so valuable to have that different perspective, that other person shed some light on what they're seeing and see, show you kind of how you're showing up in the world, how you're coming across. And I always love to practice what I preach, Marla. So I'm wondering if you're willing right here on this episode to tell me what you see I'm doing to stand in my own way right now. Oh. <laughs> Are you willing? Of course I'm willing. Are you willing? <laughs> I'm willing. Okay. I'm willing to receive and hear it. That's beautiful. First of all, I just want to honor that because that is an incredibly courageous thing to do to ask me live on the spot about you. And I can feel you. I feel you. And I know you deeply. And if you're willing to hear this truth from me and let it sink into your biology, then a shift is possible. And, and so as I say what I'm going to share with you, and this is totally on the spot, right? It is. Um, I really want to invite everyone listening individually. I want you to really listen to what I'm going to say to Emily and ask yourself, is this also true for me? Okay. Because Emily is doing something here that is really beautiful and in service because Emily and I are friends. And so she could ask me this offline. Yeah. I have your WhatsApp account right, right? here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's got direct access. She knows where I live and everything. <laughs> right. So beautiful. All right. So here's the invitation for you listening as an audience member is how does this relate directly or indirectly to you as well? Okay. So the thing that I see as one of the biggest obstacles for you currently is any kind of comparison of you what you look like, your physicality, your physical body, your, your physical being in the world, and how you use that to compare yourself to anybody else in the world, and, you, and how you use that to either make yourself feel good or make yourself feel bad. How does that land for you? Interesting. It's not what I expected you to say. And it's really interesting because I thought that I had shifted that piece. It's something you and I worked on a long time ago. Um, not a long time ago, but w during our time together um, in the coaching relationship. And I thought I'd shifted that. Um, but it's interesting that you're still seeing that. Right. And I feel like you have shifted that significantly. And uh -huh. the energetics of it is still there. And so what I'm seeing for you is... This is, in your mind, I don't think that you're doing this on a conscious level. Mm -hmm. I think that what's happening is you're having um, an energetic tie 
still back to those emotional experiences that you've had in the past and you haven't completely unplugged from that. So anytime something happens where you're comparing yourself, maybe you're in a business way or uh, impact way or something to anybody else, like if you look on social media or something like that, if anytime you find yourself comparing, it's energetically connecting itself to all the other ways you have compared yourself. And so it's it's like, you know, when you pull a string on a sweater and the whole sweater yeah. can come apart, right? So it's an energetic pulling on this old issue. And I feel like you could work with an energy healer to completely release that and let it go. And now that you're in Los Angeles, there's a million people that I can refer you to. <laughs> Um, to help clear that, to clear that on an energetic level. And that would be clean and you would feel released and free moving forward. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I do see the ways in which I compare, like you said, businesses, compare what we're offering, compare what we're doing, compare how other people are doing it, whether they're doing it better, or whatever is going on. Um, and so that is really interesting how it's, it's, it might be a different, a different part of the, the spectrum, but it's still the same spectrum. Yeah. So let's think about this for a second, because this is such a beautiful entry, I think, for people to really understand what's happening on a biological level and on an energetic level and on a spiritual level. So let's go a little deeper, okay? Okay. So what's happening is when the idea of comparison arises, it activates all of the former memories in your brain around comparison. It doesn't compartmentalize it. It just sends out, hey, we're comparing everyone. All the comparison cells come over here. Let's go. Everybody line up, right? That's what's happening. I mean, well, that's my inner world. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> right? so every time you've ever compared yourself and made yourself feel bad over comparing gets activated. And it's a reminder. Oh, yeah, this is what happens. And then all the chemicals start releasing. So it starts with a thought. It starts with an external experience. You're seeing something, you're looking at something, you're comparing, you're maybe looking at uh, you know, your bank account, or you're looking at yourself in the mirror, or something is happening in the external world that activates a thought inside of us. And that thought activates a, an emotion, and the emotion activates a physical sensation. And all of this happens instantly, and it can happen in a different order. So sometimes the sensation arises first, and that reminds you of a memory, and a memory activates the emotion. Sometimes you have an emotion first, like let's say you're driving in a car, and somebody cuts you off, and you get scared. The fear response then activates the, the automatic thought of like, hey, watch it, you know, and then you have those physical sensations that occur. So, and sometimes it happens in a, in a different order. So what's happening is, Every time you've ever compared yourself gets activated. So those memory lines are now open. And however you're dealing with the current situation will determine whether or not you're healing the past or whether you're reinforcing the past. And this is what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about is if you want to come out of suffering, if you want to come out of physical illness, if you want to come out of old habits of disease patterns, then your new current emotional state and thought state and sensation state need to be at a higher vibration, a higher frequency, a higher level of joy, love, curiosity, desire, and pleasure than the old one. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it definitely does. And so you mentioned the healer. What uh, for other people listening who maybe are continuing to practice the habit of comparing or, or anything else, yes. what do you recommend? So, you know, my, you know, my background is in mathematics and neuroscience. So I'm also incredibly logical. And that piece is really helpful for most people to start with, which is logic, which is understanding, ah, just understanding intellectually, what is happening? Why am I feeling so bad? I'm feeling bad because this current situation is reminding me on a cellular level 
of past experiences that didn't feel good. This is why in partnership, when you have a partner and you get into a conflict with your partner, it doesn't just remind you of what's happening right now. It's like, you know, I call it the clown handkerchief trick, right? Where you have a clown, you know, pull a handkerchief out of a hat and like, there's another one and another one, another one. It keeps going. It's the same thing when we're in a conflict with our partner. Why is it that we can remember all the horrible things that they've done? (laughs) And and we have our long list, right? And I've got, it's like, uh, you know, the, the list of horribles. And I could just go off on that. Not only that, I can remember all the times where other people treated me bad. <laughs> right? It's not just that partner. It's like, I want retribution for everything. And so when we reinforce the conflict that we're having with our partner now with negativity, we are reinforcing the past and our past biological responses which is more stress hormone and more stress hormone causes us to maintain and gain weight and to have physical illnesses and all kinds of issues rather than acknowledging, wow, I feel awful in this moment. I'm seeing my partner as a biological threat. That's what's happening on a biological level in a conflict with your partner. You're seeing them as a threat. You don't see them with empathy. You don't see them with curiosity and love and openness. They are literally a threat to your biological system. And so the first thing is logic. Become aware. Pause long enough to say, wait, I'm making you a problem. I'm making my bank account a problem. I'm making the fact that I really want to go to this event. I can't find the money for it a problem. Instead, go, okay, I know there's a way through. I don't know what it is because that's not my job to know the how. I just know there is a way and it's a fantastic, phenomenal way that will help me increase my capacity to receive which means it's going to be uncomfortable to start. And then when I get more and more comfortable with that, it's going to lead to more joy, pleasure, expansion, enthusiasm, impact, income, influence, all the things I say I want and I'm not willing to do, I'm not willing to feel all these unpleasant sensations in order to actually have the patience to actually get there and receive all these things. So let's, recap this. Okay. So it's not your fault. It's your biology. As soon as you realize you're comparing yourself to others in some way and making yourself either better than someone else, like, Ooh, I'm doing great. That person's post was terrible today. Right. Okay. (laughs) Like that's the comparison (laughs) to try to, you know, puff ourselves up. And then the comparison in the negative is like, wow, she really crushed it. I'm what am I doing? Like, what the hell? Right? That's the negative side. So both of those are opposite sides of the same coin. And that's the comparison coin. And the comparison coin is something that is going to activate your biology to remember on a biological level, all of the other times you've compared and make it a problem. So that's on the biological level. It releases the same chemicals, the same hormones, the same neurotransmitters as all those other times, unless you do something different in this moment. Underneath the biology are the energetics. And the energetics are, why am I comparing in the first place? What is this thing here to help me? Like, that was a terrible question. (laughs) The better, a better question is, why is this happening and how is this serving my growth? So looking, and this is how to do it objectively. How can I view this comparison that I'm experiencing as an opportunity for me to grow? Those are the energetics underneath what's happening. And underneath that is the spiritual path. And this is your soul contract with yourself, which is, on a soul level, why am I here on earth? Why am I here on earth at this time in this location? You were born here for a reason on earth. And it was way more than just to be the, the, the son or daughter of your parents, even whether you know your parents or not. You came in here as a child of the universe. You did not come here only to be, I did not come into this earth, into this lifetime, only be the daughter of Miles and Shelley, my parents. I love them. I'm incredibly grateful for them. 
I think they're amazing humans. There's things about them that I see in myself that I love, things about that I see in, in myself that I don't love, that I work on. And beyond family is where everyone is going here because we are the human family. And if you only stay in your myopic, small world of your particular family, your biological family, you're missing all the opportunities that are going to take you beyond your family. Beautiful. And so I know I'm asking you a lot of questions. I'm in. So I just want to pull this one step further. So we have those different levels. We have most people, like you said, they, they might be able to see what's going on biologically, but then they want to run away. And even when I was asking you to give me the feedback, I felt my hands get clammy and I was a little bit nervous about what you were going to say. And so I could have clearly not gone there. And so most people don't. Are you saying that just facing what is coming up for you and observing it and acknowledging it and then remembering, oh, wait, this this is in service of the vision because it's helping me grow. Are you saying that those steps will help you move through it and move, move, I guess, past the, the comparison or whatever it is that's coming up continuously? Yes. And I, I'd love to add a few steps in there for everyone to really Great. be successful with this. Okay. So the first thing is I'm a huge fan of pre-planning in advance how you're going to respond to something. It's a huge part of the work that we do. If you don't pre-plan your response to something, then you're leaving it to reacting. And when you react, it's always coming from your biology. And as we know now, your biology is lying to you to try to keep you small and safe. So if you're waiting to react to whatever is going to come your way, you're always going to be in reactionary mode. And it's very challenging to move forward with that. So instead, we want to pre-plan in advance how we're going to respond to what comes our way in terms of challenge, okay? So the first thing with this particular exercise, when you're asking someone to receive more the truth of who you are and how they see you and how they see you blocking yourself from love, from success, from income, from you know whatever you're asking them, you want to pre-plan in advance your first response to them. So let me just ask you, what would be your first response to me after sharing what I just shared with you? If you had your best possible response. Uh, thank you so much, Marla. I, I appreciate you being open with me. I'm sure that wasn't easy. It's not easy to tell people you love what you're experiencing, but I appreciate you. Yes. Yes. So the pre-plan and this is true whether you're doing this exercise or whether your partner has the courage to tell you the truth about how they feel about you, about life, about business, about anything. The first response is, thank you. Thank you for having the courage to tell me this. That must have been challenging. I really appreciate it because I really am dedicated to growing. And let's think about it logically. If your first response after someone gives you this information is um, some sort of a pain-based response, which is something like, oh my God, I didn't know that's how you felt, <laughs> okay? If you, if you give them that as your first response, they will probably not share open and vulnerably with you in the future. And we all know from Brene Brown, and if you haven't watched the Netflix special with Brene Brown yet, everybody needs to watch that. Okay, it's fantastic. It's funny. It's informative. And she's just spot on. It takes courage to be vulnerable. And that's the big message from one of the big messages from her Netflix special. It takes so much courage to be vulnerable. It takes so much courage to be confident, to be great. It takes courage to break away from your family structure, to see who you really are separate from your family. It takes so much courage to ask someone on a live podcast, how do you see me? Where do you see my growth edge? And it takes courage for someone to share the truth of what they see. And it takes courage to respond with love and gratitude rather than any kind of attack. So we want to first acknowledge and pat ourselves on the back. Like everybody pat yourself on the back because this is what you're going to do. You're going to go to someone and ask for the truth. And you're going to receive it with love and gratitude, even if it's awful. 
And, and this is the practice. The practice is Julian, you know, my love, life and business partner. He has 100% access to give me any feedback about me, how I'm impacting him, his experience of me in service of growth. Now, he can't do it at any time he wants. We have structure around that. So the structure is he asks me first, hey, babe, I have something I really want to share with you. It will help you grow, I'm hoping, and it might not feel great. So I want to make sure what's your bandwidth, right? From one to 10, 10 being like, I'm completely open, I'm ready. And one is I, what I really want to do is go to sleep, right? So where are you? And sometimes he asks me to increase my capacity to receive. So if I say, well, I'm at a five because it's at the end of the day and I just want to like chill out, he'll say, if it's something really juicy that might really activate me, he'll say, I need you to increase your capacity to receive because you're going to need more than a five to receive this. And I'll say, okay, give me a second. I might want to take a shower. I might want to walk around the block. I might want to go for a rollerblade. I might want to put some cold water on my face. I might want to drink a little water. You know, I need to take care of myself first to increase my capacity to receive. Or I might want to say, you know what, let's do this tomorrow. Let's book it in the calendar so we can do this and I'll be fresh. So this is about me taking responsibility for myself and being available to receive what my partner has to share. So I'll get myself up to a seven or an eight. And then I'll say, okay, I'm ready. And he'll share it. And my first thing is I will just take a deep breath, breathe it in completely, no matter what it is. And then, so I'm pausing long enough to receive it, letting it land in the biology. And when I'm receiving it, I'm aware. And I'm, what am I aware of? I'm aware, what are my thoughts happening right now? Oftentimes, less and less, I'll be honest, over the years, less and less this happens. My first response, I'll just be completely honest with everyone here, is blame and attack and anger. That's almost always been my first response. It's defense, blame, anger, and and some sort of like, nope, it's not me, it's you. Okay, some sort of version of that. <laughs> that's and your biology, right? That's my biology. My biology sends a message of, hey, Marla, we're being attacked right now. Not cool. So send out this instead. And it comes in the form of thoughts, emotions, and I'm really articulate. And so it's really easy for me to talk somebody else out of whatever they just shared with me that was vulnerable about me. And it has taken me some time to actually learn how to receive truly and let it burn up my ego, let it burn up all of my defenses and it feels like it's burning it up, okay? It feels uncomfortable in my body. It feels like a lump in my throat, like, you know, butterflies in my stomach, like pressure in my chest, like tension in my shoulders, like, you know, tension in my jaw, like a headache starting to form. It feels like sensations in the body that are uncomfortable. And they throw out a thought. And if I don't have awareness the thought will fly out my mouth. And so my job is to be aware enough to say nothing and breathe it in. And then when I genuinely feel it, I say, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. That's not easy to hear. And I'm so, so grateful that I'm with a partner who has the courage to tell me the truth because I know it's not easy. Most people will just be like, that's too much work. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> tell her the truth. She's too intense. Right. And so, and to do it with love and kindness also, because he's intentionally also on his end working on not doing it through the form of attack or, right. you know, some sort of uh, passive aggressive move or tearing me down or, you know, he's also doing his work on his end to do it in a conscious, loving way as best he can. And when you deliver unpleasant news, it's unpleasant. So, you know, you can only, you know, put so much frosting on a shit cake, right? <laughs> did you just make that up? I totally did. <laughs> I totally did. You can tell. I love it when I, I do that. something new. So, you know, it's like, how can I receive everything? Even when someone says to me, like trolls, trolls on, on uh, social media, they're out there. How can I just receive it? With as much playfulness and joy and curiosity, like, wow, people actually spend their time 
talking shit about each other, about other people that they don't even know online. It's insane to me that that's actually how people spend their time. And I get it because people are in pain and their biology is lying to them and they're listening to their biology and they're making you or me or someone else who's crushing it out there, the problem, instead of facing their biology, facing their five senses, living from vision, living from their dreams, they're not doing that. So of course, they're in the loop of suffering. So instead of adding more suffering on top of it by making them wrong or making them, you know, attacking them in return, what if we all chose loving kindness? What if we did that? the whole world would change. And my belief is when we do that at home with our love partner, when we practice it at home, we practice receiving something unpleasant that's true from our partner and we receive it with love and we respond to it with love. It reinforces, I want you to continue to tell me the truth. I don't want to live in a lie. I don't want to live in a fantasy world. I want to live in the real world with you where you get to tell me the real truth about how you're receiving me. And when people have the courage to do that with me personally in my life, we become lifelong friends. And it takes a long time to become friends with me now because I'm incredibly discerning and I'm incredibly um, picky about whom I want in my energetic field. Because if somebody's not doing the growth work, then I don't have any interest in being friends. And if somebody is doing the work, I don't care what level of income they're at. If they're doing the work, they're going to get the results eventually. This year, maybe they're bringing in 50,000 a year, but pretty soon they're going to bringing, be bringing in 500,000 a year and then 50 million a year and then a billion a year. You see what I'm saying? Like, Yep. No, don't give up on people just because they're not earning as much as you. That's a that's not the marker. The marker is, are they on the path of growth, expansion? How much are they willing to receive? And you can tell how much somebody is willing to receive by witnessing how they receive feedback. Mm. That's huge. I love that. And so basically, to sum up for everyone listening, what I'm hearing you say, Marla, is that increasing your capacity to receive, it's all about being able to have that self-awareness around where your growth edge is and being willing to lean into that. Yes. And I would love to say one more piece here, which is just because all right at the end, it was a beautiful tie-in, which is about feedback, the ability to receive feedback. I learned about maybe 12 or 15 years ago, it's hard to remember exactly when, from a mentor of mine who passed away. His name is Dr. Carl Wolf. He taught me that all feedback is love. And I also heard this from my mentor in my mid 20s, uh, Dr. Bree Joy, and he also has passed away. It's actually the 10 year anniversary of his death coming up in December. He also taught all feedback is love. And what does that mean? That means that no matter what somebody says to you, no matter how somebody interacts with you, no matter what they do to you, all feedback that you receive is love. Because everyone is really just trying to be happy in their own lives. But we learn how to be happy in dysfunctional ways. Everybody learns dysfunctional ways to be happy. And our job as humans is to find more and more functional, loving, love-based ways to be happy that increase happiness for you and increase happiness for others instead of only wanting to increase happiness for yourself. Increase happiness for you and increase happiness for others. So if you start seeing the world through those lenses, then you start to understand, ah, all feedback is love. Julian giving me feedback is his way of loving me. And even if he unintentionally does it from a passive aggressive way. It's still his way of trying to get it out. He doesn't have to be perfect. That's not the, that's not what we're trying to do. It's not about perfection. It's about learning and growing and leaning into those edges that make us really uncomfortable in service of growth for us and growth for others. Thank you for sharing that. 
That's amazing. I know everyone listening is going to get so much from this. And I really want to encourage everyone to practice what Marla has talked about today. Find that person in your life who you can ask for that feedback and then practice and envision yourself receiving it in the way that we talked about and then um, really observing it and taking it, taking it in and taking the steps to shift whatever you need to shift and work through it so that you can increase your capacity to receive and ultimately serve the world and live out your vision. Yes. I'm a full yes for all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing, Marla. Well, just like I said in the beginning of this call, this time together, um, you are one of our incredible speakers at I Heart My Life Live. This is some of the material that people are going to experience from you on stage. And I have to say, I've obviously worked with you personally. I've seen you speak at our events prior to this one in smaller capacities, but you are a total powerhouse and just witnessing you on stage and hearing you speak is going to be transformational for all the people in the audience. Thank you. It will be experiential. So I am really, really excited for everyone who attends live. It's going to be pretty off the chain. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Awesome, Marla. Cool. I'll look forward to speaking to you very soon. And thanks again for being here with us today. And um, oh, one more question for you. I always like to ask, I know you've answered previously, but how would you recommend that people create a life better than their dreams? Oh, yes. I love this question. One thing. One thing based on, I think what we've been talking about is to be willing to receive any feedback from anyone and not make it wrong ever. Great. Thanks, Marla. (laughs) Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you love that episode as much as I did. I want to invite you to join Marla as well as me and James and all the rest of our guest speakers at I Heart My Life Live in January 2020. All you have to do is go to iheartmylifelive.com and you'll see more information about the event. And I want to share that Marla's presentation is going to be incredible. So the title of it is, It's Not Your Fault, It's Your Biology, Understanding the Neuroscience of Upleveling Love and Money. So you're going to want to be there. Go to iHeartMyLifeLive.com now and get your ticket. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life now. See you next time.